All right, all right, all right. Well, good evening, Mr. Bearcat. Oh, I, I, think I, I think I know what this one is. Good evening, Dr. Evil. Yes, yes, for it is I. It is I, Dr. Evil. Not Mr. Evil. <laughs> I obtained a doctorate, so I am now a doctor, yes. Evil Medical School, right? Yes, very much. We were very skilled on putting friggin' laser beams on friggin' things' heads. Yeah, that's a good skill to have. So, I just wanted to come here today because I am now holding your entire planet hostage. <laughs> nice. Um, All you, I want... You, you can blow it up, though. Oh, well, what's, what's your demands? Well, my demands... Oh, God, I lost it. Hold on. <laughs> my demands are pretty simple. I want a one million star review for Take the Money and Run, the podcast on iTunes. And I lost this accent. I'm sorry. That, I can't that, even that find it. That was pretty good, though. That was pretty good. I um, can't find it at all. It's gone. Well, you had it. You nailed it at the beginning. Like, within Fuck. three syllables, I knew exactly who it was. Well, hello. I, I can't even do it again. I'm, I, I'm stunned. You were channeling. And then How it was about interrupted. No. Well, what happened was I took my pinky away from my corner of my mouth. Oh, that's and a I, rookie move. That is a rookie move. I lost everything. But, uh, shit, man. Welcome to another episode of Take the Money and Run, everybody. Woo! Accomplices. Thank you, accomplices, for tuning in once again. Um, hopefully, uh, it's not just my mom. Um, but I appreciate uh, you for listening, Mom. So, um, okay, her, her name's Nancy. Nance. Nance, what's up, Nance? Nance? Thanks for hey, listening. Nance. We appreciate your loyal listenership. Um. So, uh, what's going on? How's uh, how's things over in Ohio? Pretty good. I got rained out today, so I finally took a day off. Dude, I I, I got ra- I get rained out sometimes doing pools um in the winter over here when it's like kind of cold but it's the best oh man <laughs> so i'm excited for you it's it's pretty cool well the problem is that since like it's my my business oh that i'm i'm like trying to make money so yeah. i can't make money if i get rained out but i did need to take a day off and it's supposed to rain the next couple of days and i've got some design drawings i can do so i'm not going to be completely useless so I'll make do, but I also got to buy a chainsaw and a stick. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, you're actually gonna you're gonna pull the trigger on that? I know yeah. you rented one. Yeah, I, I did rent one, but I've got so much tree work to do now that I thought it was gonna be mostly mowing lawns, but really it's a lot of cleanup and installation and design, which is the stuff I wanted to be doing. I don't really want to mow lawns, but right, it's consistent. That's just the foot in the door. Yeah, so I've uh I'm pretty much booked up through the end of next month, so I'm super busy. Damn, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised, but hey, I guess I guess in America you can still start your own company and be successful for the time. For the time. Yeah, not in California though, but in America. There's yeah, I don't know the year. Yeah. What else has happened recently? I don't um, know. Oh, we could take a minute to talk about Matthew McConaughey's films. 
Oh, you... Uh, one of my all-time is... favorite actors. <laughs> all right, please. Yeah, so I, I got to say my favorite thing he did was the True Detective season one. It was pretty Oh, amazing. yeah. That was... I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, that's... that. I mean, everything. It was amazing. I'm even considering going to see Magic Mike, which is based on Louis C.K.'s review, where it was so good, his performance, that it made him kind of gay. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I still have some kind of high regard for Louis C.K. I think he'll, he'll be back. Oh, he'll definitely be back. I mean, what um, did he do? He masturbated into some potted plants in front of people. That's, that's like, not even that bad. Well, I think he asked permission, you know, even if, even if permission was given under, like, pressured circumstances. Like, I don't know. He didn't rape anybody. Yeah, and the the argument is, well, he's a large man, and the threat of physical. But like, if you know the guy, that is literally this. That is literally the story of my life since preschool to literally now. It's always James is fucking super angry about something, and yeah, I'm probably pissed off about something. Okay, but I'm probably fair, just I'm just as pissed off as you are, but I'm just really big. No, well, no. I've uh, seen you get pissed off, and you actually do get pretty pissed off. Well, yeah, I've gotten pissed off. Are, are you're, you're talking about one time in particular, huh? Yeah, I'm talking about the fast food incident. Or the oh, yeah, so, incident. yeah, so I knew starting this podcast that this story was going to come up at some time. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, you want to you enlighten the listeners? I thought it was more funny than anything. So Okay, good, good. That's... That makes me feel better. No, um, I'm, I'm, I, one day, one day I might have to have you like come in court and speak on my behalf. So yeah, you're, you're pretty harmless as far as, as far as I can tell. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. So, so this, the, okay. So Will and I, uh, met and lived in Oakland, California. Um, and I got some in, Chinese food delivered kinda, one night. Kind of the hood. It was, it was, it was. It was uh, it was known as Little Iraq, um, the neighborhood we lived in. Um, every time I would tell coworkers where I lived, they would kind of like gasp and tell me some other horrible nickname for the neighborhood, like the War Zone. <laughs> I mean, there were only a few gunpowder-based disputes in our neighborhood the whole time, we- and I was gone for all of them. I was really disappointed. Yeah, you were gone for the biggest one, which was the one that happened, like, right on the corner. And, like, the day before, I was, like, fixing my car, like, yeah, some outside on the corner. Yeah, some decided to start shooting at someone with an AK, I guess. Yeah, the somebody unloaded is- on- with somebody on an AK, and it was so loud and crazy and ricochet, you know, like, the sound bouncing off all the apartments and everything. Like, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. But then I heard somebody shoot back with like a nine millimeter because I went and looked at the casings because the cops didn't show up for like 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, that's when I knew it was a fucking shooting and I fucking ducked. That shit was cray moms. Don't it just rewind the podcast. Don't listen to this part. Um, and, but yeah, so like after the shooting stop, we heard like some, uh, some fucking, you know, tires squeal and engines rev and like, you know, they drove away or whatever. Um, and like literally everybody in the neighborhood, I met all my neighbors that day. And that was like a week before I moved back to New Jersey. Well, too. the thing too, is that nobody ever got hit. It was always just, there was gunshots and that was that there was right. a kid that got hit and like 
the early 2000s or 90s and there was a mural of him painted on the street corner and the bullet holes were still there right yeah i remember that this so yeah up until this i guess um so well there was also the time when the when our apartments were surrounded by cops because tim pulled a crossbow on the back neighbors well that back neighbor deserved more than a crossbow pulled on him he was the only person that i ever gotten a physical altercation within the neighborhood oh man that sucks tim should have pulled a crossbow on me i was pretty mad at him most times tim tim should have pulled a crossbow on him tim was an idiot tim was straight up an idiot he brought trouble into the apartment complex and he kept getting robbed because he was stupid yeah, I told him to fuck off with his music a couple times, and I'm surprised now hearing that I didn't get a crossbow pulled on me. But I want well, to kick his true. ass anyway. So, so what what happened was some somebody shot at somebody um, from a car at like this dude on a dirt bike, and the dude on the dirt bike, I guess, like kind of crashed it, when we went outside and checked it out because like i said the cops didn't show up for a while so like the the street was just littered with bullet casings and broken glass and shit and the uh the dirt bike is like wedged underneath this car but there's nobody around like there's nobody on the ground there's there's nothing what had happened was that um the dude on the dirt bike i guess um uh, getting shot at who returned fire with nine millimeter um got shot and got pulled into the house by either his family or his friends or whoever lived in the house that's kind of where he resided and um as the cops were outside you know knocking on doors trying to get information um, this dude was literally bleeding out inside of his house and like, they just didn't want to go to the cops. So he ended up dying in that house there. Well, I guess that's what you get for having warrants and doing stupid shit. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. If, you, if you're trying to hide from the authorities who can provide you life-saving assistance and you bleed out, that's kind of on you. I mean, it's yeah, that, 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 that I agree with, that he but got shot in the first place, like you probably did some, you know, People don't just go around shooting people usually in the hood unless they've right. kind of got it coming. And that's why I never felt too unsafe in that neighborhood, to be completely honest, is because, yeah, there were kind of like the shisty characters like Rodney and stuff, but like they were just homeless drug addicts and stuff. But the people that were like shooting at each other, they had business um, yeah, quarrels. Yeah. You're not going to bring that kind of heat on yourself without a good reason to do so. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, used to walk around that neighborhood plenty and I kind of knew what streets not to go down, you know, even if somebody had to flash a gun at me once to show me, I was like, okay, cool. I'll go this this way. Yeah. It was like down by one, some liquor store. I think I was thinking of going in the liquor store and some guy outside just kind of like picked up his shirt and had like a pistol in his waistband. I was like, all right, no, I'm making a left here. (laughs) Yep. Well, and that. We we did have an apartment that probably the shadier element would have liked to, you know, infiltrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we grew we 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 grew um, herbs, medicinal herbs. Yeah, um, a little apartment. bit. It was it was pretty rad actually. There was probably more square footage of herbs than living space at one point. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It I was. was yeah. Set up. 
It was it was all right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was all right, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for for how tiny and shitty the apartment was. I mean, yeah, now it's like double the price. So. Yeah. Well. Um. So anyway, we lived in this apartment, and I got Chinese food delivered. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's where we were going with this. I got Chinese food delivered, and I think it was like a little bit later at night, you know, and it's kind of one of those areas where plenty of places are on like delivery apps like Grubhub or E24 or whatever. So I got it off one of those apps and, you know, they charge it to your card or whatever. And somebody shows up with the food and um, maybe like an hour and a half, some ridiculous amount of time after um, I placed the order for food. Uh, I mean, I hate to, I hate to put it this way, but this middle Eastern guy with a turban it driving a yellow cab, like a fucking New York looking taxi. Yeah, it was a taxi guy came out with the pulls food. up, pulls up with the food, and oh, and uh, and like, well, pulls up in his car, calls me. I come outside, and the fucking he, he opens up his trunk, and the food is on the floor in his trunk, and um, it's like I don't know. He hands me like this big. Uh, catering aluminum pan, you know, with some tinfoil on top and like a bag with some shit or whatever. And I'm like thinking, this is the weirdest goddamn experience I've ever had. And I go inside and I bring it into the kitchen and I figure out that like, um, I had a, a, a girl over that was a vegetarian. So we got some veg vegetable fried rice. Um, somebody got some shrimp fried rice and I think I got pork fried rice. Um, they had, mounded all three fried rice in the same fucking pan of this aluminum tray so i lost i was losing my shit because i'm thinking i have the the you know the girl that's a vegetarian over here and it everything smelled like shit everything was like rancid it literally smelled the meat like was 100 cat meat it was so fucking gross i've never seen food that inedible and um, I lost my shit. I called the restaurant and um, literally like they I mean, I started going off on them and they knew that they had basically sent some weird person in a cab with some shitty food to me and like agreed to uh, re refund me like immediately. And I basically said, no, you're not fucking getting off that easy. And I was like, I work in the food industry because at the time I did. And I was like, this is an insult to everything. You should have your your entire business taken away. Um, I think I said some questionable things about uh, things I probably shouldn't say. But uh, yeah, but it you, was were, you were pretty heated and, and the, the volume was there. You were you were literally yelling at them. Yeah, no, that that was definitely a time when I was very upset. And like like I said, I've I've worked in that industry. I've had people yell at me, you know, over stupid shit, but like I've also had people be upset over things that were like totally reasonable to be upset about, like, you know, finding something in their food, you know, um that's not supposed to be there or whatever. But yeah, and then and then I think I hung up the phone and I feel I felt bad after cuz you had like your girlfriend at the time there or whatever. And I was yeah. like yeah i think so and oh, yeah. and you guys were sitting on the couch in the living room and i was in the kitchen like around the corner when i was yelling at the people and um uh yeah i i have a um a marine buddy an ex-marine buddy um 
and we used to work security in San Francisco. And one time he got so pissed off. He said, this James, think of this right now. This is the type of shit that makes you want to put bullets in people. And I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> it was like, that's fucking intense. But I think I, I kind of repeated that back to you after I got off the phone with the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Well, I will say that the, while you were clearly upset, the whatever resolution you were hoping to get probably was not going to be achieved by your tactics. However, I think that you may have just wanted to vent, and that's okay. Oh, well, 100% all I wanted was my money back, you know, and I got my money back. Um, I also needed to yell at somebody, so I yelled at somebody. Um, probably wasn't even the right people, but... I mean, it, it wasn't... Well, I... I contacted like the app, you know, I contacted Grubhub or whatever it was. And they they said like, like, holy shit, that's terrible. That you ended up yelling at people on. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think I talked to somebody at Grubhub and yelled at them because this was fucking ridiculous. And I don't know how they, how they have a goddamn business and have this restaurant listed in their goddamn shit. And uh, yeah, I I mean, you know, things happen. Um, But uh why were we talking about this? I'm just trying to incriminate myself further. What's going on here? Oh, we were um, talking about whether or not you're you're an angry person. I don't think I said, so. There, yeah, there, there was only one time when I think I saw you got angry. and It was warranted. Fair, That's what it, I'm trying was, to say. It was pretty justified. It was warranted. Like the, the, the vegetarian girl ate, ate – the vegetarian girl um, ended up eating like half an order of French fries that I ordered for her from the from the thing, and she threw up the next day like from food poisoning from the fucking french fries god damn it well i can only feel so bad for somebody because they're a vegetarian yeah i don't if she was (laughs) if she was a meat eater she would have been smart and not have eaten any of that shit because it looked like it was made out of my foot pretty much and it went bad i'm not saying my foot's gonna taste bad i'm just saying it's like off also some parties involved were probably stoned so they were just like i need to eat something (laughs) <laughs> we had a lot of square footage of her <laughs> so anyway august 23rd 1973 <laughs> okay the 70s are you ready yeah i hear birds i feel like we need it's to nice eventually eventually we're gonna get music like okay. integrated into this podcast i promise give me a couple more uh pay cycles and i'm gonna get myself some a little bit of equipment and uh, maybe i'll be able to like figure out how to do this not just on my cell phone um oh but yeah the birds are pretty dope around here that's how the birds are nice yeah the birds are nice yeah the sun starts shining through the window the birds start chirping and i wake up feeling refreshed i love waking up when the sun comes up yeah it's it's biologically i don't know it feels good yeah People say I wake up early, but I don't know. I've started get, waking up earlier than I'd like. I get the freshest coffee. The freshest coffee is the bestest coffee. Um, August 23rd, 1973. We are going to fucking Stockholm, Sweden. Stockholm, Sweden. Sweden. Um, so... Uh, there's this like busy financial shopping town square called um uh let's see i have it written phonetically here uh norm torg square 
Norman's Tog Square. Norman's Tog. And uh, that's at the heart of central Stockholm. So this is right in the middle of everything. Huge city. Um, it's about the size of like a city block. You know, it's kind of like a park town square thing um there's plenty of uh small stalls for like food and beverages there's nice trees there's some public transit that you know runs through it um in the swedish sounds, game what sounds pleasant it sounds nice yeah in, in the swedish game of of monopoly you know like their version yeah. um Norman Storg is uh, the most expensive property so i'm not sure Ooh, so that's like the park place or board is it is it is that that I was trying to figure out which one was which, but I didn't look it up because I don't give a shit. <laughs> is it like Boardwalk or I don't know? Yeah, I think I think Boardwalk and Park Place are the uh, the nicer ones. Trump Tower. Yeah. Um. So, uh, a man named uh, Jan Eric Olson, uh, who we're just gonna call Jan from now on. Um, he was actually on leave from prison. Um, you know. Back then, and probably still now, um, they're—I wouldn't say lenient with their prison, but it's definitely different. And they—they're like, very lenient. They have like furlough and shit. You get to get out and like hang out with your family, and you know. Well, here's here's the difference. They're trying to actually really rehabilitate people. Right. Yes. Yeah. They they want people to. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's like you raped and murdered six children. Let's see if we can make you a productive member of society and let you out to have a job in six years. Slowly but surely. Yep. Um, Don't so, do that anymore. So Jan Eric Olsen is on one of these, uh, you know, go get integrated with society for bad shit you've done after you're already in prison things. And he walks into um, uh, a credit banking. Um, that's the name with a K. Or maybe credit banking. Um, with a brown canvas suitcase. Um, he's wearing uh, an Afro wig and sunglasses, um, from his, uh, brown canvas suitcase. He pulls a Swedish K models, uh, submachine gun. Um, it's a nine millimeter. It, it looked really similar to like a German world war two MP 40 kind of thing. Yeah. The Swedes actually do make pretty good weaponry. Um, the, are they the one that make the knives? No, that's the Swiss. Yeah, right? no, they make the Carl Gustav anti-tank shoulder-fired missile. This is a Carl Gustav M45, is what he goes in with, also known as the Swedish K. Oh, okay. I think that was the one that the special forces in Vietnam used because it was very silenceable. That's, yeah, that was its first, um, its first war that it took place in, I saw, because I looked this up. All right. Um, so he pulls that shit out of this brown suitcase and, uh, fires a couple rounds into the ceiling and says, quote, the party has only started. (laughs) 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 So, um, so he says this and that starts, uh, you know, it initiates a now infamous bank robbery. Um, it's also the first televised criminal event covered in Sweden by, by like on live television. Um, so, uh, at the time, I'm not sure if it was there, like, you know, um, monarchal King or somebody else is very close to them was like dying and every, you know, like on their deathbed, the news is 24 hours. Like, you know, is the King going to die? This takes over, coverage of that it's so gripping to the 
whatchamacallit, you know, uh, Swedish population. So, um, you know, this guy enters his back, fires a couple rounds in the sky. Uh, everybody's down. Um, basically, immediately police are called and, you know, arrive at the bank. Um, two officers enter the bank where Jan then fired at them. Um, he struck one officer in the hand. Uh, his name was Ing- Ingemar uh, Warpfeldt. I'm going to try okay. my best. Uh, so he hits this guy in the hand and um, then he orders the other officer um, to sit in a chair and, and he's like, sing something for me, you motherfucker. And uh, the guy sings um, he uh, the, so the police officer is sitting in this chair at gunpoint sorry to laugh, you know, Blue Lives Matter um, he sings a rendition of Elvis Presley's Lonesome Cowboy, which I do have a 30 second clip of for you now I am just a <laughs> and I dreamt of I ain't even gone. Oh, my baby, oh, oh. Elvis Presley, ladies and gentlemen. Um, or an officer at gunpoint pissing his pants singing Lonesome Cowboy by Elvis Presley, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good song to sing at gunpoint, though. It's pretty sad, and for like a good 20-25 minutes of me working on this, after I heard that and listened to the actual song, I was like, whoa, I kind of like Elvis. And I started listening, I just like let the Elvis, uh, you know, playlist kind of go. I'm digging it. Well, there's a reason he's the king. There's a reason he's the king, and there's a reason why I fucking hate the Beatles. These Beatles are commie garbage. I, just, I, just, I had that thought. I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I don't know. I've, I haven't really gone on my way to listen to any Elvis Presley, to be completely honest, in my lifetime. And uh, this was one of the first times where I, like, you know, looked him up on YouTube and, like, really listened and appreciated the music. And I was like, oh, wow. This is so much better than the Beatles. The other I don't know. Elvis? <laughs> he liked to party he liked to party he like party he liked good sandwiches like pills like cocaine um so uh after this uh nice serenade um jan then singled out three female bank employees um he tied them up and relocated them back into the main bank vault kind of like let everybody else go um he then started listing out his demands um shit now i'm at this point i'm realizing that i didn't do the conversion rate but um he wanted three million swedish kroner um i'm not sure how much that is in american or how much it was at the time so i apologize probably 40 50 bucks um so he wanted that he wanted three million of those um he wanted two guns two bulletproof vests two helmets and uh, a fast getaway car does that sound sound interesting? Because there's, yeah. you know, yeah, sounds sounds pretty interesting. Well, it's interesting because there's only one of him. So, like, you know, who uh, who else is going with him? Um, he also demanded that his former cellmate, 
um, who is still in prison, um, uh, be released from prison and brought to the bank. <laughs> that's that's ballsy. I that's like a it. big yeah. I mean, you know, not not. I, I feel like a lot of uh, heist demands or whatever hostage situation demands are pretty unrealistic. But that one, you know, hey, we can get it done. Um, so the guy's name that he wanted was, um, his, yeah, his former cellmate, you know, they became friends, uh, uh, known bank robber named Clark Olofsson. Um, that's a good name. Clark Olofsson. And I'm going to refer to him as Olofsson because the other guy's last name is Olson. And I thought Olson and Olofsson would sound too similar. And I couldn't fucking not tongue twist my way through that. Yeah, the Swedes aren't too inventive when it comes to using different syllables, are they? (laughs) Well, everything just sounds like an ottoman or like a frame, you know, from from like a big discount store where you got to build everything yourself. Indeed. It's like, well, these three chairs um, went over here. And uh, so this guy, Clark Olofsson, was actually a really notorious criminal, like popular, well-known in Sweden. He's he's what was considered like the first pop criminal, I guess. You know, like we had, I don't know, um, John Dillinger, uh, Al Capone, those kind of people. Uh, You know, those were back in the 20s or 30s or whatever. This is in the 70s. So like this was kind of their first guy was Clark Olofsson. Um, the police basically cave. They're like, yep, we'll get him. And they allow Clark Olofsson out of prison. They deliver him straight to the bank. And, um, yeah, he's, he's there. And by the next day, he's part of the bank robbery hostage situation. Well, we do know that the Swedes do negotiate with terrorists. Is that a, is that a fact? I mean, look at them now. Is it everybody except us? Um, I think there might be a couple other people that don't, but we, uh, oh, the Russians definitely don't. Oh yeah. No, they just like, (laughs) they just send a bunch of weird chemicals to your doorstep. They, yeah, they'll, they'll pump fentanyl into the crowded movie theater and then not say what it is until most, they would rather kill all the hostages themselves than let you do it. They would just irradiate the entire bank vault. Yeah. Um, so let's see where I was, uh, Olofsson, um, you know, the notorious popular criminal takes charge of the heist right away, which kind of not goes against what the police were thinking, but he didn't do it exactly like they wanted. They kind of, sorry, what? Like how the police wanted yeah, they had kind of um, talked to him and made a deal with him. Like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Maybe we can help you out with your sentence later. But we need you to go in there and get this shit under control. This guy asked for you. We don't fucking know why, you know. But, you know, obviously you guys have some kind of rapport. So get get your ass in there. And um, Oh, so they were relying on this Olofsson gentleman to kind of work with them in order to get the situation under control as opposed to joining the heist himself exactly and they they wanted him to kind of serve as like a a point of communication between jan and the you know the bank robbery and the police basically um so they were kind of sending in somebody that they had some remote 
trust in. Um, but he takes complete control of the thing, which is kind of good for the police because this other guy, Jan, is completely out of control. Um, uh, as Olufsen takes uh, takes charge of the heist, um, he finds like a, a male coworker of you know the bank employees hiding yeah. in a hiding in like a storage room or a closet or something. Um, he then orders Jan to untie the three women hostages, which um, kind of like. I'm going to start asterisking, asterisking things for you. Okay. That's number one. All the right, guy, so the guy, the guy takes charge and says, Unt- untie the women. Okay. Okay. So, um, the six individuals, you know, two captors and four hostages, uh, then barricade themselves into the main vault. Um, one of the hostages, her name was Kristen Enmark. Um, claimed she felt safe with the two captors um, and actually feared escalation of the situation by the police. <laughs> Asterisk number two. Okay. Um, hostage negotiators actually agreed to provide uh, the car for the escape, but said that um, they wouldn't allow um, the two captors to take any hostages with them. Um, on the second day, uh, Jan was threatening to shoot uh, the male captive, his name was Sven. Um, of course it was. I know. <laughs> but only in the leg. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he, he just wanted to shoot somebody to like prove to the police that he was willing to start hurting people. So he's like, let me just shoot you in the leg, bro. And the guy's like, fuck no, I don't want to get shot. Like, not if I don't have to. You know, not if you're actually going to shoot me. Like, and the, he's like, just let me shoot you in the leg. I'm not going to shoot you in the bone. It's just going to be, you know, like, I'm just going to kind of put one through your thigh a little yeah. bit, the, meat, the meaty part. I mean, that, that sounds like something that would be a rough sell to get someone to agree to. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> okay, so at this point, we've got two Ottomans and a sofa being held hostage by an entertainment center and a clear glass table, right? Oh fuck! It's so good. Oh, thank you. So thank good you. every time. I know. So, so Sven does not want to get fucking shot, right? Pussy. This the this <laughs> this woman, Kristen. Uh, inter, you know, I heard an interview with this woman. She says, um, uh, so so okay. Sven doesn't end up getting shot. Moral of the story, but. Okay. Um, this woman, Kristen, tried to convince Sven to let them shoot him. One of the other hostages was like, come on, man, it's just the leg, dude. <laughs> I dislike these women already. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you should asterisk that or like underline it or like redact it entirely from the record, but... Um, at some point that day, Jan managed to get um, the Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, Palme on the phone. Um, Prime Minister of fucking Sweden. And he threatened to kill the hostages. Um, he grabbed one of the women in a headlock. And as Wait, Prime Minister what? threatened to kill the hostages? No, no. No, Jan, oh, okay, Jan okay. did. I, I misunderstood. He's on the phone with the prime minister. The prime minister okay. is like, come he's, on, he's what's it going to take? The prime minister to kill the hostages. And the prime, yes. And he's Correct. like, no, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill the hostages in here. And um, he grabs one of the women like in a headlock and she starts screaming and, and the dude hangs up the phone. Um, 
the next fucking day, uh, the Prime Minister Olaf Palme is phoned again. Um, but this time on the other line is our good old friend Kristen Enmark, um, one of the hostages. Uh, she actually told him quotes that she was very displeased with his attitude and uh, told him that he should let all the robbers and hostages just go free and end the entire situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, well, she obviously would. I mean, she's, she's trying to, is that a bong I hear? No, no, I'm okay. just, uh, I have to set something up real quick. Okay, okay. Well, she, she sounds like she's got her own selfish interests at heart. Like, well, I mean, yeah, that's, to that's this the sounds thing. sounds like yeah. kind of a little microcosm of Swedish culture that led them to where they are today. How so? Um, just, hey, let's, let's not make any trouble. Just give them what they want. Let's just, let's just let in thousands of refugees and let them do whatever they want and not, not punish them because that would be awkward. Huh. Topical. Indeed. I've got a Swedish friend who I've been talking to and he's he's very upset with the situation. He teaches uh he's in the Swedish Navy and he teaches courses on how to shoot machine guns and automatic grenade launchers and the like. Whoa. Yeah, he's pretty cool. That's pretty intense. Yep. Shout out shout out to Alex. I'll see if I can get him to listen to the podcast. Hi Alex. Um, yeah, what if we just had a huge military contingent of listeners and then, and then eventually they become loyal to us and, uh, are, are, are you trying to plot a coup? No, podcast? no, See, we I just don't... need a couple mercenaries for like a good couple bank heists. You know, I'm, I got some student loans and shit. Okay. Okay. That's well, that's not a bad plan. <laughs> So, um, uh, around this time or whatever, uh, you know, Jan's pretty relaxed. Um, he's actually reported to be whistling, um, a song and it's, uh, uh, her name's Roberta Flack, uh, beautiful songwriter, um, singer, whatever. Um, and the song is, uh, Killing Me Softly, um, which here's a, here's a 30 second clip. Oh shit, it's muted. Singing my life with this one. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his song. That is a classic. Yeah, it's a good one. And it was also covered by the Fugees. And to, it's funny that he, I mean, not funny. I don't know. It's weird that it's not. It's a really, really classic fucking. Is that the bird whistling the song or is that you whistling the song? No, that's the bird. Is it whistling oh, the song? No, I hear a bird now. It could be. It could have been whistling the song. I don't know. Oh, man. I, maybe this is like, what do you call it? Mockingjay. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, it just said 
it just said killing me softly, telling my whole life with his his words. No, I think I think it's saying want to smash. <laughs> that is basically what most animals are always saying. It's either yeah. like it's either like holy shit, there's a human here, or yo, you want to smash? <laughs> let me let me smash. Let me smash. Um. So uh, yeah, yeah, Jan's hanging out. Uh, whistling that song that the birds are whistling now. Um, August uh, 26th. We're now fucking three days into this heist. Um, police access an apartment that's directly above the main bank vault, which um, is where you and I should probably move next. Um, All right. Uh, the police drill a large hole through the floor, um, large enough, I guess, uh, to subsequently like fit a fucking camera down there through the ceiling of the vault. Um, uh, um, the fucking picture is amazing. And of course I will post it on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us at take the money pod. And uh, it shows three, the, the three women captors and Clark Olofsson and it's black and white. And they look remotely shocked yet. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but like somebody's barely peeking out behind somebody else. And oh man, what a fucking picture. Like what a photograph. It's not a picture. It's a photograph. Excuse me. It is art. It, it, dude, it's art. And I think art just happens. You know, whenever I go and try and make art, I always get really pissy because it's not what I pictured in my head as art. You know, but every once in a while I just go and do something and, you know, I don't know, it's cooler than what I would have tried to do. So, like, yeah, this is art, man. It's a cool picture. Um, oh, shit. So, um, Olofsson uh, th- got fucking pissed off at this, the guy that was kind of, like, sent in and became in charge. And he actually fired two separate times into the hole. Um, he injured one police officer in the hand and face. Um Jan later fired into the hole and threatened again to kill all the hostages if there was any kind of gas attack on the vault. That was like the main thing that they were afraid of. How are you going to have a hostage situation and not even bring gas masks? Yeah, I don't know. I guess the 70s, maybe they didn't think about it. Sweden, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like they just expected everyone to cave and let them do what they wanted and just walk out of there. That's like, that's literally on my top five items next to get for my go bag is some kind of like riot gas mask. If you have any recommendations. Uh, just make sure that the charcoal filter isn't expired. Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. Fuck, fuck eBay. Um, well, I guess I could get the mask and then I could buy more filters. You can do that. Uh, uh, yeah. Now we're talking. Um, so anyway, um, August 28th, uh, which is the sixth day of this fucking robbery. Six fucking days, man. Um, just like uh, Jan suspected and feared, um, police used tear gas through the hole and, and into the vault. Um, within 30 minutes, the captors, Jan Eric Olsen, and Clark Olofsson um, surrender half hour. They're no tear gas. They're done. Um, they're arrested, and that basically ends the first televised 
criminal event in Sweden, gripping the entire fucking nation, and it's over. Um, that was the weakest fucking bank heist slash hostage standoff on all sides of that situation. I know. It was pretty low-key. And, like, I was really desperately trying to find more information about all this stuff. And, like, the fact that I found out what kind of gun he had was big. <laughs> now, like, the Finns are the ones that are on the border with Russia, right? Are they the ones that, like, have the highest... I mean, other than us, the highest gun gun to human ratio, right? Um, I know it's one of these one of these one of these countries. One of the I don't think it's countries. Yeah, and it's well, like the, they're, the one, they're basically assigned them by the government. <laughs> well, there's there's the Swiss, who everyone is in the militia and has to go train once a year and keeps their weapons at their house and all their bridges were wired to blow and. They've got a huge network of tunnel bunkers throughout their country. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, they're not in Scandinavia, though. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yes, them. Um, so, uh, Jan-Eric Olsen um, was sentenced to 10 years for the robbery. You know, nice, stiff European penalties. Um, Man, that he, sounds convenient. Uh, <laughs> well, he got released in eight. And um, he moved to Thailand, where he reportedly remains crime-free and is married with a Thai wife and uh, children. Well, that's because literally nothing in Thailand is crime. (laughs) What a great fucking point. I'm so glad you're here to make that point, because I I didn't think about it. Except for insulting the king. They take that shit seriously. Also, (laughs) marijuana. You can get killed for that. But kill a hooker, get in a fight, and fucking whatever. Get drunk, crash your car into somebody. It's all good. (laughs) Or like your little moped thing? Or your uh, tuk-tuk? Is that where it is? Yeah, I think that is a tuk-tuk. Tuk-tuk. Clark Olufsen uh, was tried for his part in the robbery even though he was brought there by police. Um, but uh, the charges were dismissed due to, you know, his actual lack of being part of the robbery. You know, he was brought there by the police. He, you know, definitely did kind of quell the situation a little bit. Um, but he also fired on police and hit a cop, you know, in the hand and face. They frown on that. Um, or do they, actually? I don't know. This is Sweden. They seem pretty mellow. Is no, all, all the charges were, were dismissed for that. Um, but he basically returned back to prison, you know, for the crimes that he was already serving the sentences for. Wait, without extra? Yeah, I guess not. Um, once, But once he was released, he went back to, like, you know, crime and uh, was arrested uh, for, you know, something else. And uh, he's actually in prison to this day. Man, um, if only there were some way they could have prevented that. <laughs> so, uh, this guy, Clark Olofsson, um, and one of the hostages, uh, Kristen, um, what was her name? Enmar, I think. Enmark. And Kristen Enmark um, still exchange letters. Like, they're still friends. I believe I saw that their families have, like, gotten together. Uh, you know, all fun stuff. That's fucking <laughs> bizarre. Um, 
Is what? That's bizarre. Well, yeah, it's pretty fucking bizarre. Um, the the American uh, FBI's hostage barricade database system uh, shows that 8% of victims in hostage situations display symptoms of what is now known after the heist we covered today as Stockholm syndrome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm um, guessing it's all women. Uh, well, I'm going through my notes and I don't seem to have found any male stories about it. Yeah. Huh? So I, th- I think that's, that's more commonly known as just being a hoe. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, mom. Um, so the four, four components of Stockholm syndrome, these are kind of like the asterisks that I was, you know, ticking off before, um, a hostage's development of positive thoughts towards their captor, which was kind of like when Olafson came in and said, you know, like untie them, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Calm down. You know, they were, they really started to like trust in him. Um, there has to be uh, no previous hoster slash captor relationship. So it has to be, you know, they just meet them. You know, that's not, there's no history or anything. You say hoster because I like it. Hostage captor. Yeah. I think you said, Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you said like hoster, like the person who took the hostage, like hostage hoster. Like a hostie. Yeah. Oh, hosto. Anyway, Um, uh, there has to be, uh, the next, you know, uh, component is refusal by hostages to cooperate with police and authorities, which is super interesting. So that's when like, you know, they start, I don't know, kind of like, uh, talking shit about the police or whatever, you know, like it, it was really fast that it happened. And this woman kind of like figured out like, all right, if I'm friends with these guys or whatever, then I might get out of here. It was like a survival tactic, Yeah. but it turned from that to kind of like, she really did believe that the police were the aggressors in the situation and that these guys were kind of like the good guys. <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to rob a bank. Um, the last one, uh, the last component of Stockholm syndrome is a hostage's belief in the humanity of their captor. So like just kind of seeing, a, a human in them seeing, you know, fear or anxiety or, you know, even getting some kind of compassion in return from them gives that captor like a, a human element that maybe you wouldn't get from somebody who's just shoving a gun in your face. Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Um, so uh, a couple examples of uh, Stockholm Syndrome, the term coined from this fucking six-day hostage situation, bank robbery, whatever. Um, Mary McElroy uh, was abduct- abducted at age 25 from her home, um, taken at gunpoint from her bedroom to an abandoned farmhouse where she was chained to a wall. Um, she, uh, ended up defending her kidnappers after her release. Um, also visiting her captors in jail. Um, she sadly later committed suicide, leaving, uh, the following note. 
Uh, my four kidnappers are probably the only people on earth who don't consider me an utter fool. You have your death penalty now, so please give them a chance. <clears throat> That's bananas. Crazy, man. Crazy. This is like, I don't know if it's still listed in the like DSM-4, you know, the book of mental illnesses and they psychological were, whatever. Oh, really? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if the newest ones have Stockholm Syndrome in them, but uh, it has been listed in, in, you know, as like an actual mental condition. Um, uh, sometimes it's like sub, sub-threaded to, from uh, PTSD in general. Sounds to me more like a personality disorder where, yeah... Like someone with a personality disorder gets taken hostage and they're just like, well, these are my people now. Like, yeah, I don't know. I might, I might, I might be rich. like, whoa, you guys are robbing the bank. I always wanted to do this. Fuck it. Can I, can I do it with you guys? Yeah. More, <laughs> more like a woman who's like, I'm just going to go for whoever the most powerful person in the room is right now. Just instinctually. And if that person is like the one that's ordering, you know, taking charge, ordering people to untie you, you know, um, kind of like sitting with you, talking with you, telling you, you know, they're going to make sure that you're getting out of this alive. Like, that's what this guy, Olafson, Clark Olafson, said to this woman. Also, um, it's like he's Kristen and, and, and people Mark. Are kind of starfuckers sometimes. That That's a thing, too. Yeah. Um, she said in the interview that... Um, there was never anything like sexual or physical, you know, um, he never got handsy. Uh, it wasn't like a attraction thing, but I don't know. Were um, you disappointed about that? <laughs> another example, um, Natasha Kampush um, was kidnapped at age 10 and held in an isolated dark room for eight years. Um, she one day managed to escape, and her captor, uh, Wolfgang Pricklopel, uh, kill, killed himself um, when she escaped. Uh, N- Natasha now owns the fucking house that she was held captive in and carries a picture of her captor, Wolfgang Pricklopel, or Pricklopel, in her wallet. Um, fucking weird madness in that one (laughs) um another one is uh patty hurst this is a very famous one also Um, very controversial patty hurst was the granddaughter of william randolph hurst um media mogul um has an insane castle property in san luis obispo that i've toward once it was crazy got cannabis made federally illegal yep that was the guy that was the guy um so uh his granddaughter patty hurst uh was taken hostage by the symbionese liberation army um which was uh an armed left-wing uh revolutionary domestic terrorism organization basically um she changed her name to tanya while um hostage by the symbionese Liberation army 
and was uh, actually recorded denouncing her family and police, government, shit like that. Um, she helped rob banks in San Francisco, and um, one of which I've actually been outside. I think it was the one that she got arrested at, um, Bank of America in the Sunset neighborhood in San Francisco. I think it's on Noriega, if I'm not completely losing it anyway um i've been there and uh she was arrested in 1975 uh 19 months after her kidnapping um but 19 months after her kidnapping she's now wanted for several you know high profile bank robberies um trials crazy um it's very controversial like you were saying uh she actually spends seven years in prison until her sentence is commuted by jimmy carter president at the time and uh she got later pardoned by bill clinton fucking jimmy carter and bill clinton (laughs) i Um, used to think they were cool dudes they're uh i'm done um last one uh we'll get out of here on this uh colleen stan was hitchhiking in 1977 this is so fucking fucked up uh and she was, she was hitchhiking to go visit a friend in Southern California. Um, she was picked up and kidnapped by uh, this couple, <clears throat> Cameron and Janice Hooker. Um, oh, she, I know this one. Yeah, she was forced to live in like this um, restraining wooden box, like underneath their bed, um, and was raped repeatedly and tortured basically daily by the husband, Cameron. Um, for seven fucking years, this girl was, uh, held captive, um, sometimes being able to socialize with Janice, the wife, and every once in a while, she was actually able to go visit her mother, but still wouldn't say anything and would come back and crawl right back into the fucking box underneath the bed. Um, until one day, uh, she was coerced to leave and was freed basically by the wife Janice who uh, eventually turned on her husband Cameron um yeah there's, I mean it's yeah yeah there's a little more to that one yeah I I didn't cover cover much of these little bullet points I just yeah. tried to go go over it real quick but um yeah those were you know the top couple ones of um the first most notable cases of Stockholm syndrome yeah. Well, what I'm getting from that is we need to repeal the 19th Amendment. What's oh God? What's the 19th Amendment? That's the one that gave women the right to vote. Oh Jesus! You know, women like true crime, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like more of our audience might potentially one day be female. That's that's possible. And as much as as much as I have my my gripes with women at the moment. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to look up male Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. See, see if there is any, cause I'm, I, I was under the impression that it was kind of, uh, Oh, something that happened to women, but I don't know. Huh? Yeah. I don't know if that's just you being a sexist piece of shit or if it's actually like a scientific thing. Well, I mean, look at all the, uh, look at all the examples you managed to find. They're all women, right? Yeah. So, yeah so far (laughs) but um but yeah that's 
that's pretty much the end of of what I have. Um, but yeah, that's how fucking Stockholm syndrome came to be. Interesting. I didn't know that. I know. That's why I was stoked to tell you when I found that's, out. That's that's fascinating. Oh, a weak ass bank robbery, but it it coined a profound and commonly used term. Yeah. Um. Trying to find YouTube uh, YouTube videos on Stockholm syndrome, like in terms of being educational, were really difficult well, because the, the pet basically person. every band every band has come out with a song called Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> oh yeah, I hate it when bands do that, and then it's like you can't find. Yeah, I mean, like every band. I think Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, Muse. There's a bunch of other ones. So usually, um, like uh, Stone Temple Pilots, maybe I forget. Punk pop bands. Although I do really like Muse, and I used to really like Blink One Eighty Two. Stone Temple I mean, yeah. Pilots is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't oh, nagging on any good. of those bands for sure. <laughs> no, Green Day. They they decided to cancel a tour date in Sacramento when I was living in Davis, and I wasn't even going to go to it, but everyone else. You know, was really excited about it, and they're like, "Nah, fuck that place. We just don't feel like it." And they, oh. it was a really shitty thing to do. So pretty much everyone from the Sacramento area was like, "You know what? Fuck Green Day," and that's that. Well, where's Green Day from? They're, they're from they're somewhere from the, else in California. They're from the Bay Area, like, uh, oh, okay. What do you call it? The that diner that's all over Oakland. Uh, they've got a couple of them, uh, like Rudy's or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rudy's Can't Fail Cafe. Yeah, that was started by one of the members of Green Day. Oh, okay. I went there once, um, and nobody, like, acknowledged me for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, so I got up and left. No, it's terrible service. Like, I went there a couple times on a date, because, like, there were, like, it's got a great reputation, but I don't Yeah, and it's a cool little spot. The service is always terrible, and every time I went there on a date, it was just a disaster date. Like, I don't know (laughs) if that has to do with the... Oh, one time, though, we were, we went out, like, as, you know, dude crew, and we were going out, and one of my friends was high on mushrooms, and we were, like, going bar hopping, and we ended up going there to finish off the night, and that was a pretty cool night, so maybe that's the way to do it. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. It's always Um, weird trying to wrangle somebody on mushrooms when you're out in public, and they're just, like, no, no fear, you know, some people are, like, very, very scared of of human interaction when they're on hallucinogens and some people are like, okay i'm just gonna be really weird to everybody because i understand everything all of a sudden and it's like oh dude now we have to babysit you all night and try not to get arrested keep you away from potentially aggressive you know people and shit yeah 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 but uh yeah, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, that sounds like a good spot to stop it. We managed to do a 40-minute podcast in about uh, a little over an hour. Yep. <laughs> but we got I mean, some we... good stories. We got some good stories out there. We definitely talk, talked a lot more this episode. Yeah, it's probably like a half and half. Talked about the old stomping grounds and... Things that make you want to put bullets in people. Yeah, like... I, I wish you remembered what... No, I don't, because any publicity is bad publicity. Oh, but one thing that Oakland did have really good, and they had a good for delivery, too, was Ethiopian food. Oh, Ethiopian whoa. food is really good. I have actually never had Ethiopian Dude, food. Dude, get on that. Okay, the, I'm gonna. The one, if you're ever in Oakland, the one by Lake Merritt is phenomenal. That's probably the best one, but they're all good. All right, I'm going to check this out, and I'm also going to follow up with you 
uh, off air. Um, okay. About about that restaurant because it sounds good, and I wouldn't know what to order. I think that's more what I want to know. Um, Tibs. You know what I mean. Want to order the beef Tibs? Tibs. I didn't know beef had Tibs. I love Tibs. I just didn't know beef had them. I don't know. I think it might mean something different in Ethiopian. Yeah, no, I'm fucking. I have no idea okay. what I'm talking about. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks everybody. Yeah. Accomplices. Yeah. For uh, listening to another episode of Take the Money and Run. Yeah. Um. Uh. Give a- take the money and don't fall in love with your captors. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, give, do give us five star reviews though. Always. Yeah. If you um, if you get Stockholm syndrome, get it for this podcast and give us give us them reviews right we have to we have to instill in you the four pillars of stockholm syndrome um are there four pillars yeah it was the yeah i went over them before so if oh, you don't like know what they are humanity you can go of over your, them again of your, right yeah um okay but yeah uh don't forget to uh follow um us on instagram at take the money pod uh, where I'll post um, a bunch of awesome pictures because there's a lot of cool footage from this heist. Um, and uh, yeah, I get more likes on there than I get on my personal Instagram. And sometimes it cry- makes me cry myself to sleep at night, but that's okay because this is all I have in life. So thank you for listening. Um, and on that, have and, uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Until next time. Uh, Peace, everybody.